Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Let Fear Bounce. I am so pleased and so blessed that you are spending just a small part of your day with myself and my guest today, Brittany Claiborne. I am so excited to have her on. This woman is a warrior, a warrior in many, many different ways. Brittany is a heart transplant recipient, a cancer survivor, single mom, author, motivational speaker, and doctor of psychology. Her story is one that's probably going to stop you in your tracks and maybe make you question your own ability and strength for survival. During her illness, Brittany decided to dedicate her time and effort to the things that truly moved her soul. And in that pursuit, she found her love for speaking and helping others evolve. Her ability to connect with so many different types of people with her honesty, humor, and animated enthusiasm brings her story to life in a transformative, passion-driven, and unique way. Brittany, I have really been looking forward to this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today on Let Fear Bounce. Thank you so much, Kim, for having me. I have been looking forward to this conversation as well. Now your <laughs> bio, wow, wow. You don't even know where to begin. <laughs> It's this just, is true. What As you were reading it, I was kind of like, well, I've got to meet her. <laughs> you know, I just had a conversation earlier today about how interesting it is to hear someone else read your bio, your personal bio. So if someone's reading mine, I'm a guest on someone's show, they're reading my bio, and I sit there and go, wow, I have done a lot. Wow, I have accomplished a lot. Wow, yeah. I have been through a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you exactly. don't think of it yourself because you're just doing it. I, you know, I'm trying to think of where I even want to start. What I want to start at, I guess, is your public speaking. Obviously, there's a big backstory to that, to where you started public speaking. Your heart transplant, cancer survivor, you're a single mom, you're an author, uh, speaker, a doctor of psychology. So let me just take you to the beginning. I, I was 26 years old. I was in perfect health. Um, I was pregnant with my first son, well, only son, and I had a, had a heart attack during labor. From that heart attack, about every two years, my heart weakened. So two years after my son was born, I got a pacemaker. Um, about two years after that, I started getting shocked. So I died about six times and got shocked back. And then about two years after that, I was told I needed a heart transplant. I didn't get the heart transplant in time, I spent about nine months in the hospital waiting for that heart transplant. In that nine months, I, in order to keep myself from going completely insane, I started my master's program and I finished that master's program in that, in those nine months. And then I said, okay, you guys got to let me out of here. I have to get home to my child. Um, and they said, the only way we can let you out <clears throat> without a heart transplant is by giving you a mechanical heart. So I had heart surgery and they put the mechanical heart in. So I went home with a battery pack or what my son called my robot heart because it had to be plugged in. I had batteries that I carried around and nobody wanted to hang out with me anymore because I used the car charger in your car to charge my battery, my heart. They were like, nope, Brittany, you want to go with us? I was like, yeah, I'd love to go. Can you plug my heart into your, your car charger? They were like, yeah, no, you you can't go. You're you're staying home. You know, I phoned over Britney's heart. <laughs> they were fearful. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, first of all, it's just a very odd thing. It, it's a very odd thing. Um, once that mechanical heart is 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 running, it runs like a motor. So your actual heart does not beat. 
So if I were to pass out and you were to check for a pulse, there, there would be none. You wouldn't know if I'm asleep or if I'm dead. And once again, I was on a battery operated heart. So if that battery didn't get plugged all the way in, then my heart was not pumped. So there was a lot around it. Um, it couldn't get wet. It couldn't get, you know, all of these little things. But I had that mechanical heart for about two years. And then I finally got a heart transplant. I'll never forget that day ever, as long as I live. So I received my heart transplant in January of 2018. So eight years after my son was born and I was recovering really, really well. And then in November of 2018, they said, you have stage four cancer. And uh, we started the process to cure the cancer. So um, I did uh, six months of chemo. I did radiation. I did a trial drug. And I was declared cancer-free, not in remission yet, uh, but cancer-free February of 2020. And then COVID hit. And I can just laugh. I can't I even say that's all you can do is laugh because it's insane. <laughs> um, so while I was going through the cancer treatment and the end of and the beginning of COVID, um, I was doing my I was doing my doctorate. And because COVID hit and I couldn't go, you know, usually uh, as a doctoral student, we have to go and do clinicals and sit in on those counseling sessions and so on and so forth. Well, because everything went virtual it sped up the process quite a bit because in a normal world, you might be able to get to one or two sessions a week, just physically. But because everything was being recorded now, you could just sit there and devour them as many hours as you could. So um, COVID was actually positive in that regard is it saved me probably a year on my doctorate. And that's how we got here. And now here we are today. Now here we are today on variant number eight. And <laughs> I, I know it's crazy. Yes. Wow. You know, was there a history of heart issues? I mean, to have a heart issue at the age of 26, that's really uncommon. Very uncommon. Uh, there was no family history, no indication of it. It's a condition called peripartum cardiomyopathy. And it simply means an unexplained weakening of the heart muscle during or after pregnancy. When I had my daughter, I was 22. And after I had her, I started having, um, my heart started fluttering. Mm. And so I said, you know, hey, this is not right. This is weird. So I had, you know, to get all kinds of, you know, EKGs and echocardiograms and all these different testing done because they were thinking there was something wrong with one of my mitral valve prolapse is what they were looking for or looking at then. Mm -hmm. That was a while ago. Um, but then it turned out, you know, it was, it was okay. But it, they said this was caused by pregnancy. Yeah, and you know, most women do recover relatively well from peripartum cardiomyopathy. There's, it, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but it's kind of one of those like one in every half a million don't and i'm just lucky you're one of those yeah one of those lucky ones wow yeah so i go to the casino a lot just to see if that luck's gonna you know come back <laughs> that's right it has not so here <laughs> we are for you. <laughs> <laughs> hasn't quite worked for you yet <laughs> not twice in not twice in one lifetime i haven't gotten it no. <laughs> all right so then you you go through that 
and it's going well. You, well, you finally got your heart, actual heart transplant. And, right. you know, what an amazing blessing that is. I, I can't even, I still, to this day, it's, it's been, um, what am I, four, yeah, four years out in January. January 13th was my four-year, what we call, heart anniversary. Wow. Um, and it, it's still surreal to imagine that someone was considering another person's life, even if theirs couldn't continue. That will forever blow my mind. And that's why I'm so committed to that. That's honestly one of the reasons I started public speaking, two reasons. One, I needed my donor's legacy to, to live on. That it's very, very important to me that that his legacy live on, that it move forward and not and that he not be remembered for the way he died, if that makes any sense. Um, and the second part is once you die six times, there's so much in the world that you realize isn't as important as you thought it was. And there are other things that you realize are very important. One of the things that I deem to be those very important things is our the way that we show up in the world, the way that we live, the way that we love, the embodiment of who we are as humans. Um, I know that we are chasing the cars and the money and the houses and the status symbols and the likes and the followers, but when they were rolling me in there or before then, when they took, when they brought my son to me and said, just in case this heart doesn't work, say goodbye. I could have cared less about the followers or about any bank account or about any status symbol that we deem important on this planet. Because what, what was going through my mind right then with my mom and my friends and my son and my, my ex-husband was, did I love them enough? Are they going to be able to look back in their heart and in their mind at moments that we shared and say, man, she loved us. And if I had not done that, if I couldn't say, yes, they can do that, then I didn't live to the fullest potential of who I'm supposed to be. We're supposed to be here to love each other. We're supposed to be here to empower each other. We're supposed to be here to make each other better. And if we're not doing that and we're only here for the purpose of bettering ourselves for ourselves, we're not doing it right. You're missing the boat if you're only in it for yourself. Absolutely. And once I realized that, I the way that I live life completely changed because, like I said, I could have millions of dollars in the bank. I do not have millions of dollars in the bank, <laughs> but I could. Yeah, that's right. And if I did, that would be amazing. But I'd probably be giving it all away, <laughs> to be honest with you. I have said the same exact thing. I said, you know, I could have millions of dollars, but I more than likely would give a massive amount of it away. Probably give most of it away. You know, not really just to would. any Tom, Dick, and Harry, but I would be giving it away to those who need it. Or Absolutely. a passion project of mine, you know, hey, okay, we've got veterans, homeless veterans here. Mm. Let me help you at least monetarily. I have it. Go build a right. couple of houses, you know? <laughs> How amazing would that be? Right. Like, I just mm, say that those types of things, I, I often say, especially when I'm talking about um, organ donation 
and and just kind of the advocacy around that, I often say we are each other's hope. There was not another medical intervention in the world that could have saved my life except for another human saying, I want someone else to live even if I don't. Knowing that, understanding my place in humanity as the hope for another person, it could be through any one of the avenues, right? It could be through a book I'm writing. It could be through a speech I'm giving. It could be through simply letting my son's greedy friends come and eat up all our snacks. It could be anything. But just to know that I've touched someone, made a difference in any way, is absolutely what I'm looking for at the end of the day. And that's that feels right. Absolutely. I, I understand you. <laughs> I do. That's right. And what a, you know, the story you have is just, it's, you've got so much that, that went on in an actually relatively short period of time mm-hmm. where a lot of it all just started going on. It felt, seems like at once, um, you know, with the heart transplant and then getting, or the mechanical heart and then the heart transplant and then getting cancer. And how has your son gone through this journey with you? What type of impact has it had on him as a young man? Tell you how much I love that dude. Oh, I love him so much. Um, He's 11 now. And I mean, literally I'd been sick since the day he was born. He was in, he was in the NICU. He was in newborn ICU and I was in cardiac ICU. So he doesn't know a healthy mommy, you know, but man, he has handled it like a trooper. I mean, to imagine like that time I stayed in the hospital for nine months, I dropped him off at school this morning and I said, mommy's going to go to a doctor's appointment. I had a, I think I had, I think I had a left heart cath or something like that. So I'm going to go to the hospital and then I'm going to pick you up from school because they were just supposed to go in, get some measurements, come on out. They went in and they were like, Hey, you're going to stay till we get a heart for you. I was like, no, I have to pick my son up at three. And they were like, no, not today. And it wound up not being until nine months later. And I was in ICU. He was six. So he couldn't come to ICU. So I would see him for 20 minutes on Sunday. They would sneak him up the back stairs. And he's the only child, obviously. So I'm the only child as well. So I can't imagine my mom telling me, I'll see you later. And then literally just kind of disappearing in my childish mind, right? Right. Yeah. In that, in that age frame, you'd be like, wait a minute. I don't, I don't get it. Thank God for Steve Jobs and FaceTime because, (laughs) because without him, right. If this would have been 20 years ago, we wouldn't have had some of those moments. And of course, FaceTime wasn't then five years ago what it is now, but we had something that was where we read bedtime stories. And that was where we did homework and that was where he could see you know he would call me and go are they hurting you and I'd be able to show him nope nobody they're not hurting me see I've just got this wire and it's doing this or this wire is doing this and I'm fine he has throughout this throughout his short life developed an incredible amount of empathy toward humanity so for his 10th birthday he was born in 2010 so his 10th birthday was in 2020 COVID. So no birthday party. Also the first year that mommy is healthy because all those other years we had parties, but they were kind of like, eh, because I was sick in one way or another. 
So 2020 was supposed to be the 10th birthday, the big shebang, and we couldn't do it. So I, I, I jumped on Facebook and I said, hey, you know, friends, you guys have, have kind of watched my journey and you know that Micah's been a part of this journey as well. So here are a few things that he wants. He loved getting Amazon packages. So I was like, if you guys could send him maybe 10 Amazon packages, like if he got 10 in the mail, he would be super excited. And my friends were like, sure, why not? They sent 70. <laughs> awesome. Every day we had piles of Amazon packages at the door. The Amazon guy, he would just walk to the door shaking his head. Like, I don't know who these people are or what kind of drug, <laughs> drug ring they're running. But this right. <laughs> and they were all addressed to my son, right? So he's just... And it was everything. It was books and toys and, you know, school material and clothes. And, and oh my goodness, he loved it. When he got all those things and, and I told him who they, who they were from, I said, what are you, you going to do to say thank you? You know, how are you going to say thank you? And he said, he said, this made me feel less alone. And I want every kid to not ever feel alone. So on his 10th birthday, he started a nonprofit called Micah Gives. And Micah Gives um, is dedicated to the psychological and emotional well-being of any child that is in the midst of a difficult situation. So we send out what we call brave boxes. Um, and it's basically just a it's basically coping kits, but he wants to make sure that no child feels alone because he understands what that feels like. And he just wants to wipe it off the face of the planet. So that is my incredible boy. He's going to be a trailblazer. He's going to do something good. I mean, if he can finish his homework, if we can, we still have normal 11 year old finish your homework problem. <laughs> like he's great, but we still have to have some serious conversations about homework and broccoli because so he, cause he's 11 and you know, he just realized girls are there. So that's a whole thing. Yeah. Remember, I don't know if people realize, but psychologically, you go, you know, psychologically, they say the age your greatest trauma happens is the age that you kind of stay at. Well, it was very traumatic for them to come home from school one day and then not go back for a year and a half. So he was about, about eight ish when that eight or nine, right? So about two years. So when he went to school the last time, everybody looked the same, like all the girls and boys looked the same. Now they're preteens yeah. and stuff is popping out of their shirt. It's a whole world of, it's a whole world of newness. And he is just, he's like, mom, I got to get these specific cookies. Cause this girl likes them and she will sit <laughs> with me if I have these cookies. I'm like, well, I got regular Oreos. He's like, no, they need to be the limited edition chocolate ultimate Oreos. Cause those are the ones she likes. So guess who goes to Walmart at midnight? Because I'm not going to let him fail at <laughs> first courting experience because I bought the wrong Oreos, Kim. That's right. That's trauma. Then he's going to be sitting on somebody's couch in 10 years because I bought the wrong Oreo. That's right. My mom, my mom no, messed me up. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're off track. I'm sorry. Uh, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. No, you can't. He had to have the right Oreo. He had to have the right Oreo. And they weren't at they weren't at one store. They were only at Walmart. So I had to go to Walmart and get those cookies. And I bought three packs of them because by God, we're not gonna run out. I was gonna say you're not gonna run out of them. You'll never catch me slipping. Nope. 
Guess what she's getting for Valentine's Day? A whole package of them. Got it covered already. February 1st. Oh my goodness. Wow, yes. 11-year-old boys. Yes, they are super fun. They are super duper fun. <laughs> but you know, what an amazing, what an amazing young man with, you know, mm-hmm. such a huge heart to yes. want to start his own nonprofit to help other kids in the same type of situation he was in to not feel alone. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's huge and that's that's a god-given gift right there absolutely and you know i wonder i ask myself all the time would he have been like this if he had not gone through the things with me you know if if i had had a normal pregnancy and a normal you know he had had a normal childhood would he be as empathetic and i don't i don't know that he would have that's hard yeah hard to say right it's hard to say it's hard to say your path was laid out for you long ago yeah, I really you know, so wish. the plan. Maybe that's part of the plan. I really wish somebody would have gone over the plans with me before. Wouldn't that did. be awesome? That'd be so fun. Like, could I get a review of this before you just throw me out there? <laughs> <laughs> I've asked the same thing. You know, hey, if you could give me a heads up sometime, <laughs> that would, would be awesome. Or something, just wink if I should go left and nod if I should go right. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah, and I, I've never really gotten a reply, or I have, and I just didn't recognize it, or I have, and said, no, nah, I don't want to do it that way. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I actually have one of those very, I have one of those stories too. <laughs> I did not do it the way I was supposed to, and the whole path was delayed. So, you know, so yeah. I think it, we've all done that. Absolutely. And absolutely. I think many of us more than once. Absolutely. So um, I ran into the, the the group that I'm working with now. It is through Light Beamers and Positivity Lady Press. And we are, not we are, we have created this collaborative book. And the title of the book is Elevate Your Voice. And I when they when they reached out to me and said hey we really want you to be a part of this project i was ex- i was excited but i was also very afraid because elevating your voice can be scary mm-hmm. it can be really scary and, and it reminds me of when they told me the title of the book it reminded me of the ruth bader ginsburg quote that says you know speak your mind even if your voice shakes because there's so many things that that we should say that we should express that we should feel comfortable expressing, especially if it's a part of our story and it's going to light the path for someone else. But we don't because we feel like, what if it doesn't sound right? Or what if I'm not the expert on it? But what I've realized is I am the expert on my life. And in being the expert on my life, no, I absolutely cannot tell you how to live yours. I absolutely cannot. But I hope that by sharing some of me with you, you can use some of my experiences as a flashlight into your journey. And that's what I think the purpose, at least for me, that's what the purpose of Elevate Your Voice is, is it's it's a group of women speaking up about all of these different experiences that they've had and saying, my voice may shake and this may not sound like the greatest story ever told, but it's my story. And my story is going to be a light for someone else's path. And they're trusting that and they're owning that. And I I love, love, love this project and and what it's doing for so many women around the world, not just those of us that are included in the project. And I I can only imagine it it will have a huge impact. 
you and I were talking off mic about you know a little bit of your journey of how it was you know you went through the the process of, of getting your story into this book um, and it's due to be released in the spring of this year Hi. correct spring of 2022 yes ma'am so this that's just awesome because um, I've, I've participated and coordinated um, anthologies as well and you are absolutely right when you said it not only impacts those that are writing their stories and sharing their stories and for many of them it's the very first time they've ever shared it and realizing that oh it's not just me writing it in a journal this is actually going out to the world mm-hmm. you know and you do you get that that negative self-talk going yes is anybody really going to want to read my story are they going to read it am i going to be judged now are they gonna, people going to look at me different now all of that goes through, you know, in many different ways for, it's different for every person. But I remember the first time I shared my story in 2014, so it was a while ago, in an anthology. Mm. It was a very difficult thing for me to write. 1,500 words. It was so hard to write because I had not ever shared that part of my story publicly. Mm. And then to know that you're going to, you know, it's going out into the world. So regardless of what you feel, and I had to, I had to pull myself back and realize that too. Okay. You know what? It doesn't really matter how I feel. Right. <laughs> because there's a reason behind sharing it. Right. Exactly. And you're giving it as a gift to someone else who you will probably never meet. You have no idea what situation they're sitting in, what dark room that they are on their hands and knees, tears streaming down their faces, praying to a God that they may not believe in. Oh, you're killing me. That's the light. Your story is that light. And that's how I explain my journey, Mm. my story. Because I was that person on my knees, tears streaming down my face, crying out to a God I didn't believe in. Mm. And someone tossed a light at me. Mm. So we all come to a point in our lives, no matter what it is that we've went through, that it is time to share your little nugget of light. And that's why I always say, I just want to toss nuggets of goodness and nuggets of light. I want to walk around with my bucket of nuggets. That's what I call it. (laughs) And toss little nuggets of light and kindness and hope and goodness and grace and whatever it is that God has deeming me to toss, to put in that nugget when I toss it. Mm. And you're doing the same thing and you're going to reach so many people with your story and many you'll never hear from you'll never know you'll never meet but it very well could change their life even if it's just that minute when they're so down and they're so stuck in their own muck in that dark place and they're able to look up and say oh maybe i can get through this right just that one little sentence could change everything maybe i can do this Gosh, how powerful it is. And I think just like you said at the beginning of our broadcast, you know, you said sometimes I'll listen to my bio and I'll go, man, I did all of that, you know, we're so busy living it or not even living it. We're so busy surviving through it that we sometimes forget to live it. So because I've kind of talked about my son today, I'm going to pick him up and I'm going to hug him a whole lot today and he's gonna be like what is wrong with you but (laughs) (laughs) because he's i'm 11 now mom (laughs) he's like oh don't oh man like so they play video games and stuff now online 
So they have these headsets they wear so they can talk to the other players. And I'll go in there purposely when he's on with a bunch of guys. And I'm like, I love you. He's like, oh my God. He just slides down in his chair. I mean, he's a black kid, but I swear he turns red. Like he just, he's, I'm like, did you just lose all your color? What happened to you? He's like, you can't do that when I'm playing shooting games. It's not cool. You know? And I'm like, I'm sorry, guy, I love you. I, I love you all the time. I'm sorry. Now, uh, you, as a as a mom, I think it's an it's an it's a it's a law that you have to embarrass your children. <laughs> You have I mean, to. I used to do it to my daughter all the time. We would be leaving Walmart or something <laughs> and it would be pouring down rain. And she's like, mom, we've got to run. And I'm like, no, we're not running. We're going to walk slowly. We're going to saunter to the car in the rain, singing a song. And she's oh, like, oh, you're the my best gosh. mom. So I'd be like going singing in the rain. I'd be <laughs> and she would just, her head would be down and she'd be like racing to the car. So I would sing louder. <laughs> for you good for you see you're one of those moms that see it, it's it's moms like you that allow us to get scholarships to therapy yeah <laughs> <laughs> he looks back on those moments now and laughs and says mom you know you were actually you're a pretty cool mom i'm like well of course duh absolutely <laughs> absolutely i mean i i'll jump on the video game with my son you know his friends are like oh dude your mom loves you yeah you know uh. and that and and I'll, I'll say, I'm going to play the video game with you. So I'll go get on the video game and I take them all out. I'm the best. Because I spent so much time in the hospital. I didn't have anything to do but play video games. So now I'll get on there and I'm like, I'm taking out all his friends. He's like, dude, is that your mom? And my screen name? Guess what my screen name is? Micah's Mommy. <laughs> Perfect. 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 He's like, could you please change your screen name to like something else? I'm like, no, not at all. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, it's going to be Micah's Mommy. Yeah, that's, that's so it says to his friends, you know, dragonfly, you got taken out by Micah's mommy. It's like, that's what I wanted to say. That's exactly, exactly what I wanted to say. I love it. Love it. Well, hey, share with folks where they can find out more about you and when the book is coming out and all kinds of stuff like that. Where can they find Absolutely. You? Absolutely. So um, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on TikTok. And my uh, handle is at Dr. D-R, Brittany, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y, Speaks, S-P-E-A-K-S. Or you can just hop onto my website and that's just BrittanySpeaks.com. Otherwise, I look forward to, I, I look forward to working with you in the future, Kim. I feel like we, I don't feel like we're done yet. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I have the same feeling. I have the same feeling. This has been such an awesome conversation. And I, I take notes as I chat with guests. I've got two pages of notes <laughs> as I'm talking to you. And there, yes, there's just all kinds of ideas popping in my head and additional questions. So definitely want to keep up on your journey. I want to hear more about your, your speaking engagements Absolutely. and types of organizations like that. We didn't even get to touch on that yet. No, so, no, not really. Which means we'll probably have to have you back on sometime darn darn it i know <laughs> what a chore <laughs> well it was absolutely my pleasure i appreciate your time i appreciate your audience thank you guys for listening thank you kim oh my pleasure my pleasure and all of you like i will i will echo Brittany. thank you all for listening and spending a part of your day with myself and Brittany on let fear bounce 
And until next time, folks, everyone be well, stay well, and be blessed.